you may have heard this before, uh, but the story is told of a man who was hiking through the woods one day, and he was in the mountains hiking because he loved nature and he wanted to be out in nature and take it all in, and he was stepping up close to, an e- to, to a ledge to take in the impressively beautiful view, and all of a sudden he gets a little too close and he slips and he falls over the edge of this cliff. And as he starts to tumble down the side, he's grabbing and clawing. He's able to somehow grab a little root sticking out or a branch or something, but he's able to sit there and he's hanging on to this branch. And he's, he's looking, he's struggling, he's trying to figure out a way that he can climb up the side of this hill, but there's just nothing else to grab onto. Um, he makes the mistake of looking down and he sees, you know, it's what seems like thousands of feet below if he were to fall. And... Um, so he starts doing the only thing that he can do. He starts calling out for help. You know, help, help. Is anybody out there? Help, help. And after a long time of doing this, um, and no reply from anybody because there's no one else around to hear him, he's about to give up, and all of a sudden he hears a voice calling his name. And he's like, you know, who, who are you? Where are you? You know, what's going on? And the voice says, well, I'm God. And he says, well, you know, please, you know, please help me out. You know, I, I, I'll do anything. If, if you just get me off of the side of this cliff, you know, I, I'll, 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 I'm already a good person, but I'll be better. I'll, I'll, I won't sin anymore. I'll do this. And he's like, well, just, just hold on now. Let's, let's get you off of this cliff, and then we can figure those things out later. And he says, okay, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. He says, all right, let go of the rope or let go of the, the branch. And after a little bit of silence, you hear, help, help, is anybody else up there? Is anybody else up there that can help me? Because he just couldn't let go of the rope. And that's a kind of a silly story, and, and you may have heard it before. I believe I've heard it in sermons before. But I wanted to kind of look at that and pull a point from it. You know, when we look at the, the title of the lesson today, Believe and Behave, um, when we think about believing and behaving, if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes the believing part is easier. Sometimes the believing part comes easier than the actual behaving and the obedience. And sometimes in our lives, we can find ourselves in that situation with a guy on the side of a cliff. Not literally, but when we find ourselves in precarious situations in life and we're not sure what to do, Sometimes we start looking to ourselves to try to fix the problem. Sometimes we start looking to anyone and anything else. We start looking to other things in life that can solve our problems, when in reality we should be going to God and following His will. But as Christians, we know that we have to believe and we have to behave. And I believe that in order to first, you know, be able to, in order to be able to get the behavior part of this right, I think that we first have to get our prayer lives in the right kind of order. And so that's what our lesson is going to focus on today. It's going to be, we're going to be discussing what we should believe about prayer and how we should behave when it comes to our prayer lives. And the, the bulk of our scripture is going to be from Colossians chapter 4. Um, 
But this is what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at things that we need to believe about prayer and how we should behave when it comes to prayer. All right, so what should we believe about prayer? We know that if we're going to believe anything, it needs to come from the Bible first. So let's, what I want to do now is I want to look at some different uh, Bible verses and look at five different things that we know that are true and that we know that we should believe when it comes to our prayer lives. And the first is that we should believe that prayer should be a constant part of our lives. 1 Thessalonians 15, 17 tells us that we should pray continually. And, you know, that's not talking about how we should have extremely long prayers or anything like that. But what it is talking about is how prayer should be a constant in our lives. It should be a constant part of our lives, something that we are constantly doing. We should be praying when things are going really well for us. We should be praying when things aren't going so well for us. And we should be praying in the times in between. Prayer should be a constant and ongoing process in our lives. And that is the first thing that we know that we can believe about prayer. The second thing that we can believe is that prayer is powerful and effective. James 15, 16 tells us, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Do we pray in the way that we believe that? If we analyze and think about our own prayer lives, which is what I want to do today, I want to take this opportunity um, to think about this, make it personal, think about our, our practices when it comes to prayer. You know, do we do our actions really show that we believe that prayer is powerful and effective? Because we see clearly right here from the Bible, God tells us that prayer is powerful and effective. The third thing is that we can believe and know that God will hear our prayers. 1 John 5.14 tells us, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now, the key to that is according to his will. We can't necessarily just pray for anything and everything that we want all the time. We need to be praying for things that are, that are in accordance with his will that are going to further God's will for us. The fourth thing is that we need to believe that prayer can open doors for us. Matthew 7, 7 tells us, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. If we find ourselves in life, and when we, we feel like we have questions we don't have the answers to, prayer can be the answer. If we feel like we're lost and we don't know where to go, prayer can be the answer to that for us. And if we're not sure maybe how to get out of situations, prayer can open doors for us. And finally, in speaking about what we should believe about prayer, we should believe that we should pray in every situation. Philippians 4, 6 tells us, 
Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So every situation that we have in our lives, we know that prayer should be part of the solution for us and our main focus during these times. So then we go to look at, if we know that we can believe that these things are true with prayer, then how should we behave regarding prayer? Regarding prayer? The first thing that we're going to look at, and this is where we're going to get into Colossians, it says that we should labor in prayer. Think about that. We should labor in prayer. Colossians 4.12 tells us, Epaphras, who was one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of good, in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. So here we have Paul writing a letter to the people in Colossae, the church there in Colossae, and he is he's telling them about Epaphras, who was, if you read through Colossians, the one who more than likely started the church there and, and spread spread the gospel there. But he tells them in the in the letter here, he tells them he is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. Epaphras, it tells us here, he was agonizing in prayer. He was struggling in prayer for these people because he loved them and he wanted the best for them. He wanted them to grow as Christians. He wanted them to have the strength to overcome whatever might be put in their path. Um, But he wrestled. It says he wrestled in prayer. This was a struggle. This is something he did. He said he was always doing this, and he was wrestling in prayer. Again, thinking about our own prayer lives, when was the last time that you've prayed like this? You know, probably not that often. When I was thinking about these things as I was reading through and studying and preparing for this, you know, It may not be that often that that we are laboring in prayer when we really think about it. You know, in today's society, we want everything to be easy. We want everything to be readily available, easy. We don't really like doing things that are difficult. Everything should be as simple and as easy as possible. And I think sometimes we kind of relegate prayer to that as well. We, We do it, maybe. We make it a habit. Maybe it's something that we do before a meal. Maybe it's something that we might do in the morning, or maybe it's something that we do at night as, our, as we're putting our kids to bed, or whatever the case may be. Um, but, you know, prayer shouldn't always be easy like that. It shouldn't just be a routine and a habit. There, there needs to be real substance when you're praying. We should labor in our prayer. The next point I want to look at is that we should labor in prayer for others. We should labor in prayer for others. 
Colossians 4, chapter 4, verses 3 and 12. Uh, 12 we've already looked at, but 3 tells us, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. And again, verse 12, Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. So we see here it's important for us to labor in prayer for others. We may be able to think of a time in our lives or or different times in our lives where we have labored in prayer. But when you think about it, you know, who was the object of these prayers? Who was the subject? Who were you praying for the last time you truly labored and wrestled in prayer? When have we labored in prayer for others? Have we... Do we labor in prayer for our brothers and sisters in Christ here? Do we labor in prayer over wanting God's will to be fulfilled here in Monroe, throughout the United States, all over the world? Um, Do we labor in prayer for, you know, missionaries all over the world trying to spread God's word? As we think about these things, Does our love for others and their eternal well-being need to grow? I think sometimes, if we're being honest, a lot of times when we do labor in prayer, it's probably a lot of times it has to do with us. There's nothing wrong with that. We, We absolutely should pray for ourselves, but we also need to make sure that we are laboring in prayer the same type of way when it's other people that we're worried about when it's our brothers and sisters in Christ or friends and family, co-workers that may not even be Christians that we're worrying about and that we're laboring in prayer over. And finally, we should labor in prayer with thanksgiving. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 says, Devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. I really like this verse. And I've made three words there bold for you. Devote, watchful, and thankful. When we're thinking about how we should behave in prayer, we should be devoted to prayer. We need to always be watching and looking for things in our lives that we can pray for and be thankful about. Um, Also want to remind you, one of the passages we looked at earlier, Philippians 4, 6, which was uh, also read for us by Frank earlier. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, or with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I think in prayer we do a lot of asking things from God. And again, that is fine. Part of the wonderful gift that we have of prayer is being able to talk to God and to discuss things with Him about ourselves, to ask 
for things. Um, but I think we also need to spend as much time, if not more time, counting our blessings, all of the wonderful things that God does for us, and letting Him know that we're thankful for those. And I think there's a reason for that. I think we'll just be better individually, as a group. Um, I mean, if we were just constantly thinking about it, if we were just constantly thinking about all of the blessings that we have and everything that God has done for us, how much more positive are we going to be in general as people? How much more are we truly going to realize how blessed and thankful that we are for God if we are devoting time, you know, laboring in prayer and thanking God for everything that we have? Let's just make sure that we don't forget to say thank you when we're praying for God or praying to God for all the different things that we need in life and for all of the loved ones that we care about. In conclusion here, just to kind of go back through the different points, we should believe that God will hear our prayers. Prayer is powerful and effective. Prayer should be a constant part of our lives. That prayer can open doors for us. That we should pray in every situation. And that we should behave by laboring in prayer for others with thanksgiving to God for everything that He's done for us. And before I close out, I want to look at this. As I was reading through and studying these different things, I came across a passage um, another portion of Colossians that Paul wrote um, that I just really liked. And I, I, I find so many times that when you're reading through the different things that Paul writes or has written, it's just so many times things jump out at you. And I want, I want to read this. This is from the first chapter of Colossians. Um, but I want to think about it as, as if Paul were writing this letter to the church here. Colossians Chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit and every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of light. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I would like to invite anyone here this morning who feels like they need the prayers of the church to, uh, to let us know that. Uh, we're going to sing a song here in a minute, and I want you to come forward as we sing that song and and let us know what's going on with you so that we can um, 
labor in prayer for you on your behalf. Um, but also, like it says in the passage here, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Um, if you have not yet become a Christian and you would like to do so and become part of this kingdom right here, the kingdom of the son he loves, um, please come forward as well as, as we uh, stand and sing this song and um, let us talk with you more about that.